Okie dokie, folks. Welcome to the Roots Report podcast, presented by Motif Magazine and sponsored by Rhode Island Blood Center, Mother Earth Wellness, Graysale Brewing, Trinity Brewhouse, Ballet RI, and R1 Indoor Karting. I am your host, John Fusick. Today we have singer, songwriter, and actor Yvonne Elliman. Yvonne is known for her hits, Hello Stranger and If I Can't Have You, as well as her portrayal of Mary Magdalene in the film and stage productions of Jesus Christ Superstar. Elliman will be at the Greenwich Odium on March 30th and 31st when her and co-star from Jesus Christ Superstar, Ted Neely, perform a live concert on March 30th and a film screening of Jesus Christ Superstar on the 31st.
with us, do it with us. If I can't have you, I don't want nobody, baby. If I can't have you, ah uh ha -huh. oh. If I can't have you, I don't want nobody, baby. If I can't have you, ah uh ha -huh. no. If I can't have you, I don't want nobody, baby. If I can't have you, ah uh ha -huh. no. Van Morrison song where his voice 
cracks and goes off horribly on one song and it's just i love it the way it happens like that <laughs> absolutely yes yes quite right yeah i mean it's, it's just a bunch of, and you expect to hear that too yeah yeah you look forward to it it's so funny right yeah, it is thank you thank you for for saying that because it, it's so true and and when people went from from analog to digital i mean i i knew some producers that were just mad as hell they were so angry that everything had to be changed you know and just made a big difference in in the recordings of stuff even though it's so even and beautiful when you know the cds came and the sound was completely different but it was almost too manufactured and, and I, I a lot of them were saying that they've lost that live feeling oh you know? yeah so i i, I, can, I can dig it you know I, yeah I talking about totally yeah. it's it's very clinical sounding now it's just it is it is it's kind of too perfect you know well, how old are you by the way i'm 62 62 okay I think. so you, you pass you pass <laughs> <laughs> i had to think for a minute <laughs> I'm 70. I'm 10 years older than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Sorry, you guess, yeah. you live at, what time is it in Hawaii right now? It's uh, 3.34 in the afternoon. Oh, okay. I couldn't remember if it was five hours or if it was more. It changes, right, from six to five. Yeah, it's five right now. Okay. And daylight say we always say the same. We don't change anything. Oh, uh, I have a friend in Hawaii right now. Her daughter's living out there. In and, the she... and in the winter, it's the best time to come. Yeah. <laughs> I love the winter. I miss the winters, uh, the boots and the scars. And, you know, I, I don't miss cars rolling on black ice. I mean, I don't miss that. But, you know, all the dressing up stuff. And, the, and, and you know, it looks more like Christmas when you're in the winter over there. Over here, it's like, <laughs> come on, Santa Claus and, and thongs, you know. And <laughs> riding in on a surfboard. You must get tired of, like, all the surfer dudes. <laughs> well, I love watching surfing. I, 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 was the, I was the surfer girl on the beach that would watch. I tried surfing once and I pearled, you know. That's when you go too close to the front of the board and it, and it dives down and you hit the coral and you bleed all over your knees. Oh, jeez. I did that just once and that was it for me. I said, I can't do this. I'm left-handed. I'm left-handed. You know, everything's backwards for me. So, yeah. But um, have you been to Hawaii? No, actually, you know, when my friend lived out there, I, she invited me out there many times. Not the one who sang with you. No, no. I uh, We sing together every now and then. We haven't oh, sung. Oh, you do still? Yeah. Is it we... Rossoni? Rossoni, is it? Yes. Good. It's, Wonderful. You know, I loved it. I loved what I heard the music was very good. You oh, know? thank and, you. And I and, and I love. I mean, folk music is what I was. That's what I cut my teeth in. You know. Well, you um, did, you grew up in Hawaii, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, and, and then, I had a folk band called We Folk. Right, and you played guitar. It said guitar, uh -huh. violin, and upright bass, which I thought was <laughs> different. I, upright bass. Well, because it's the only thing that was left in orchestra, and the the the, uh, the teacher who was actually the guy that took me to England, he uh, he said, if you if you play this bass, I'll give you an A, no questions asked. <laughs> so. <laughs> I needed A's badly. I was failing in everything else. <laughs> I just did well in art and uh, music. And that's, you know, and the rest, I didn't go to school. I didn't like it. I believe schools should be run where they find the strength in, in a person and they guide them that way. And then everybody's going to come to school. You know, granted, they have the classes that can fulfill their, their, their dreams. If you want to be a mechanic or whatever, then have a mechanics class. You know, I mean, they, they need to broaden their thing rather than just history, math, and English, you know? So many other things to do. Well, they're all set on standardized testing now. They want everybody to just pass these tests, and that's it. That's, I know. That's what it's schools awful. are now. They're not teaching that's you awful. critical thinking or any kind of it's life awful. skills. It's I mean, I'm, I'm glad I went to school when I did because we actually learned stuff. I mean... Though I hated high school, I loved college. College was great, but uh, high school I well, hated. Because you get to pick what you want to learn about. Right. I was an art major. I went to school for art and photography, and, yeah. and you know I did music yeah. at the hey, same time. Left handed? <laughs> no, I'm right handed. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, but uh, I ask that only because it's a very creative uh, 
hand, you know, mm. apparently. It, it is. It's, it's unfortunate there's a lot of people in prison that are left-handed. Really? You know? Yeah, because it's a right-handed world, and, and we try to get around, we try to cut corners. You know, Oprah Winfrey, she sent a doctor out into the world for two months to, to just investigate and see who's more intelligent, left or right-handed people. And after two months, he came back. It was a big deal. So I was in front of that TV. I wanted to know so badly what he found out. And he said, that drum roll, left-handed people are more intelligent because they have to adapt. And that's the only reason, you know, they have to adapt to the right-handed ways. And so they have to think on their feet more. When you have to think on your feet, it's tough. (laughs) A lot of people can't think on their feet. A lot of people can't think sitting down either. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, you know, it's a simple thing, though, that we are discriminated against. I know at the bank, they've got the pen on the right-hand side. You have to stretch it all the way over with that little, you know, springy thing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right on the left-handed side. Just put a pen on the left-handed side. It costs 25 cents. You know, these are the little things I wish the world would like to uh, take notice of. I wrote a song called Leave Lefty Alone. My dad was left-handed. They tied his hand behind his back and they whacked it with a stick. And he had to change all his ways. You reroute your brain. I've your heard brain. about that. Yeah, and so, you know, he he lived by vicariously through me because he always wanted to perform but maybe because of this rewiring you know he never he never did that he just was in the navy and not just was in the navy he was in the navy and he in fact saved a submarine one time he was the, the thing behind me he was the push he was the he gave me so many opportunities in case i wasn't a singer i think he knew i wanted to sing because since i was a real small th- three years old i started singing with commercials on tv you know in front of the tv i'd sing i'd harmonize with these voices and he thought ah got something here he sent me to to uh, guitar lessons and that kind of stuff and then charm school in case secretarial school you know in case i didn't become a singer because it's very you know the chances of becoming anything in the music business is very hard right oh, what is the percentage yeah. like five percent or less the people over here the musicians these are ace musicians really excellent excellent musicians and they all need day jobs all of them hawaii is very expensive too yeah exactly <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah, everything's got to come from the mainland. Exactly, exactly. So we, you know, I guess we could be self-sufficient. You know, we have chickens. We, you're, you're a vegetarian, I see. Right. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, people have the land here, the soil, the volcanic. I mean, it's so beautiful to grow things. I mean, we could grow our own food here. You know, if people were more... If we had enough land to do it, we'd all covered with concrete hotels and everything. So Well, it was self-sufficient before it was colonized. Totally. They call it the Hawaiian diet, and people did very well on it. Right. Um, you know, uh, but then, of course, what, what happened? Um, disease. Right, right. Disease and Christianity. Yep, that ruins everything. <laughs> and they all poor, these poor, these poor <laughs> had to put on these dresses with the neck line up to their chins, you know, they had to cover their ankles. I mean, gosh, almighty, how horrible that was. Yeah, oh it's sad. God. I can't believe, I mean, it's just, I think about the things like that, and it's just, it uh, irks me because... Me too, me too, the American Indian, the Mexicans, right, right. away of California, I mean, it just, I feel so much for these people. I understand it's when they were, you know, when sometimes the, the Indians would, would win in a fight, I'd be going, yes! <laughs> <laughs> So uh, anyway. you got, lu- I mean, well, you didn't get lucky. I mean, you have the talent, but your high school teacher encouraged you to go to London after you graduated and you went on to London and that's where y- you were picked up on by An- Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice. And you, you were one of the original cast members in Jesus Christ Superstar. And that's, yes. that's a huge deal. It was, it was. And you were only like 18 years old. 17. I 17. have no idea. 
17 when I first got to England, and then I turned 18. Just before they, I was singing at the club, and then Andrew came up to me, and he said, you're my Mary Magdalene, and I didn't know who that was. You know, I had no idea. I thought that was Jesus' mom. And so, but I would, I would, I wanted to sing on a record because of the little squiggly lines on the vinyl. Mm. I wanted to see my voice. That's my voice on that little squiggly line, you know? Mm. I, that's, that's what intrigued me so much. I really wanted to do that. And so when he said, we're recording an album, you know, I said, okay, yes, you know? So he took me to his uh, flat, and uh, he played the song to me on, on the piano, and he was singing it, and I was going, well, Bob, Mom's not going to sing that to her son, you know? And he said, no, darling, that's not the mother. So he's a whore. And I went, oh, oh. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, a little different. Okay, so, so you know, then you could put in a little bit more emotion in the other way, and as far as falling in love with somebody, or you know, but I didn't even know that much about love at that point. You know, I mean, I had a boyfriend, yeah, but you know, it's when you're talking about that grand scale love, that huge love that you don't even know about. You just have to, I guess, interpret it the best way you can. So I just close my eyes, and you just sing with all the feeling you can muster up, and so the cry and the voice and all that came out, and that's what they liked about my voice you know the fact that it was emotional and so you know i was stuck I, i'm not to say I'm, i say stuck because i was in a way i was categorized as put in that and i went out to england to become a kick-ass rock and roll guitar player you know that's what i wanted i wanted to play like jimmy page or eric clapton i wanted to sing like Gray slick <laughs> and i just uh that's what i had in my mind that and i wanted to be where the beatles were so when england was mentioned it was like oh yes you know so they all had to give me uh for, i was a failing student they all gave me D's. We had a big talk about that with my parents and around the round table. And all the teachers agreed, okay, we'll give her a D. You know, and so I got to pass and sing at my graduation. That's the only way I got out of Hawaii. If I stayed, I probably would have married my boyfriend, had a lot of babies, and, you know, maybe sang down, you know, busked with my guitar, my guitar case open. Mm. That's what I did in England, which was tremendous fun. I didn't know anything about getting money when you play out in the public like that so we go to particularly skirt circus and and i was playing and all these people were standing around and this guy said hey what are you doing get your fucking get, get your case up get your hat out whatever <laughs> put it out so i put the hat on all these shing, <laughs> shillings <laughs> I had to be throw, people were throwing shillings into this to this hat and i thought whoa that's beautiful and so then we'd go buy some weed or whatever you know but it was just, <laughs> it, was just it was it was it was mind-blowing to me that this is how this is how it should be this is when music was made because i mean for me, it started with the Beatles. Before then, it was always just hearing stuff, Perry Como, or, you know, I was hearing stuff on the radio, Elvis, a little bit. But when the Beatles came along, I tried so badly not to, not to love them, because I didn't want to be a sheep. I didn't want to follow what everybody else was doing. No, I don't like the Beatles. I just have to keep saying, I don't like them, I don't like them, you know. But I finally succumbed, and I just became a huge Beatles fan, and I... I wanted. I, I learned everything they did, and I was in love with Paul McCartney. He was, his face was on my ceiling. I was going to marry him. All this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, I did finally get to meet him one day. I was, oh, that's good. He was, he, yeah, he was recording at Air Studios, and, and Linda was there, Linda McCartney, and I walked in, and he started singing. I don't know how to love him. And I went, oh, oh wow. Yeah. That's very <laughs> so cool. I, yeah, it was. It was the people I've got to do things with, like with George Harrison. I sat with him inside of Eric's house. We, everybody's playing guitar and something playing and people started to weed out and go go to bed it was like almost sunrise but i stayed and i was playing guitar and we were both singing and he was teaching me this indian mantra you know the Hare krishna thing and we did that and i was playing playing guitar and singing harmony with george harrison wow and yeah and then finally the sun came up and it was time to go to bed but <laughs> that 
<laughs> well, you you were recorded on five albums with Eric Clapton, which I didn't know about until today. You're kidding! I oh, didn't wow. know you recorded backup vocals on Eric Clapton's albums. You sang, yeah. you sang backup on "I Shot the Sheriff." I didn't know that's, that. That's yeah, that's where he uh, he needed background vocals, and then I walked into the studio and he said, "Oh, you sing, right?" And I said, "Yeah," and he said, "Oh, you mind going in there?" So I did, and then put the backgrounds on, and then and then I got more involved in the album because then I I wrote a song called "Get Ready." With him. he had the beginnings of it, and he said. Can you think of some lyrics for a verse? I said, yeah, I had already written something for another song. And I said, what about this? And that was the, I never needed a run around to see how checking out the bitches in heat, you know. So, <laughs> so, so he said, uh, he looked at Tommy Dodd. He said, is that okay? He said, yeah, sure. So then we recorded that and then let it grow. And, and, and Oh, I love that me. song. Yeah. And uh, I got to play on Please Be With Me. We all sat around in a circle on the floor and, and all with our little guitars and we all sang that song and that was all live you know it was so wonderful it was a great experience he called me up when i was in new york he said would you be in my band and i went what it was wow like, what? that's yeah. very cool oh it was yeah it, it, that it must was. have been an experience that's what i really wanted to do and before then of course i was mary magdalene i mean i walked down the streets in new york and people would say hey mary you know they call me mary <laughs> well then you went and then you had the, you know you had those uh the disco hits which was it was a whole nother era yes so people didn't know what john were to put me in really well, I didn't want to be typecast as Mary, so I mean, I did, the second album I did was Fruit of Love, and I did, recorded that in England with um, Rupert Hine and Dave McIver. They said, what do you want to sing, Yvonne? I said, I want to sing anything disgusting and bad and evil. <laughs> <laughs> Just write some songs about lesbianism, because, you know, back then, lesbianism wasn't, it wasn't evil, but it was definitely naughty. So, you know, license murder, lesbianism, you know, gluttony, just, uh, so they wrote Casserole Me Over. You know, which is about all this kind of food that I'm eating. And then they wrote More Than One Less Than Five, I think, which is about lesbianism. I'm not sure, but something, something with your breast close close to my eyes. I think it has something to do with that. <laughs> and then, and then I, I got to sing I Can't Explain with Peter Townsend walking in the room. And he played his, he played the that, that, that. Really? You worked with Pete Townsend? Yeah, he walked in. They just called him up out of the blue. They said, Yvonne wants to do I Can't Explain. I loved that song when I was growing up over here. I loved it. Wow. So he said, okay, okay, all right, mate, just uh, have the room ready for me. And he walked in with his guitar and his brandy bottle. That was it. <laughs> he walked in and sat down, and he triple-tracked his guitar, and he blew out the electricity. <laughs> Suddenly everything went <laughs> And we all had to go down to the pub down below <laughs> and wait till they fixed it. So <laughs> everybody was well-sauced by the time we got up. And he finished it and walked out and never said anything to anybody. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's but cool. On, That's very yeah, cool. Yeah, later on he opened. The Who opened for Eric. Really? So I got yeah. The Who, the Eagles. I mean, we had some incredible people opening for Eric. I was like, I was blown away. All these people were Santana. You know, all these people opened for Eric. It was like, oh my god. So anyway, um, I got to meet all these people. But with uh, what was I talking about? Oh, Pete. <laughs> and so Pete was <laughs> he was in his Mahavishnu stage where he was wearing whites and he was straight all the time and. You know, and so, but I wasn't, you know, I mean, I was like behind like Janice if I could, you know. <laughs> and I was sitting outside the hotel and watching one of those circular hotels where you watch all the luggage being, you know, carted up to the trucks or whatever. And I had a whiskey bottle next to me and I was slugging at it, you know. And he comes out, he says, Donna, he said, you wait, you're too pretty. You, too, you shouldn't do that to yourself. Really, stop it, love. Just try it for a couple of days, you know. <laughs> so I said, oh, okay, Pete, you know. And so I did. And I tell you, I could, it was so hard to be on stage and to be straight. I did try it. 
it was very hard because you could see everybody. Yeah. You know, and you could see if anybody, well, especially when I did my, when I had my own band, because after Eric, well, I was, I was happy as a lark in Eric's band. Believe me, I wouldn't have left. I was very happy in that background singer because I, I got to be on stage when he had a smoke break and I sang Can't Find My Way Home, you know, and it just, the, the, the house came down with that song. They loved it. Mm. And I did it on three, three, I did it, I recorded it three times. I love that song. We just did that the it. other night. We, we had a, did you really? Yeah, my, oh. uh, we did a little, uh, little acoustic songwriter show and i have a tribute band the violin player from my band yes. we, we all oh. we all we sang like four songwriters together and she doesn't write but she plays violin and sings but so she did a couple of cover songs how did she, she do that and she played <laughs> can't find she my played, way home she, she just did she yeah she did a great violin solo in it and uh sang a but great she puts job the violin down and she's singing right yeah you can't play and sing at the same time with the violin. sometimes right? she does yeah you can do You're it kidding. it's hard really? but you can do it oh, i can't imagine that wow it's i've seen a lot of people oh, I, do it it depends on how you play maybe hum hum yeah you can do harmonies and stuff yeah 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 so did you play it in d yes Yes, we did. Yeah, I can't do it anymore. I got to do it in B. <laughs> I do. When I play it myself, I play it in E, I think, actually. Wow, you put the capo on. Yeah, I well, put a capo I do, on. I have to take it down. It's very hard to take something down because you have to tune things down and then everything's so, you know, everything's loose and floppy. This thing, so. <laughs> but well, I sometimes I capo up and then drop my voice. There you go. There you go. That's the way to do it. But I can't play anymore because something happened to my hand where it, it, I can't feel the feelings on the on the tips of my finger. I can't make an O. You know when you put your thumb and your index finger together and you make an O. Yeah. It, I can't make that, so the the thumb can't grab the back of the guitar neck. So it just, you know, that was the most hard. Because when I married my husband, I mean, when I met him 20-something years ago over here in Hawaii, he's the one that got me singing again. Because I didn't I didn't sing for 20 years because I was married to a guy who didn't want me to sing. He wanted me to just take, bring up the children and cook uh, for him. Been know? there for that, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had a girlfriend who didn't want me to play music. And that was like oh, no. when I was, that was like 35, 40 years ago. And that was oh, when I was early, in my early 20s when I should have been playing more music. Oh, and absolutely. She... Hey, I saw some pictures of you. You're hot. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I mean, that's 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 your new bile. I mean, you're, no, that's not a word for a man. But anyway, you're happening. The hand in the pocket, and oh, beautiful, beautiful photograph. Um, that's when the that's when the, the audience likes you more. You know, they like young. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is do. why I'm having. I, I have a cane now, right? I go and sit with a cane. I try and lose it as quick as I can, but. Something happened to my left side, my hip. I can't stand on my left leg. All that stuff, they, they checked it out. Nobody has a, a, a reason why that happened. I have wrist problems, hand problems. I have to wear a brace when I play guitar. And oh, but you still can play, though? It hurts. It hurts, it hurts but oh, I wear okay. I wear one of the little elastic braces on my hands, and it helps uh -huh. a lot. But so it's it's age. I mean, you can't help it. Your body just craps out after a certain point. I tell you, man, God got it wrong at some point. Because, I mean, here's when we should be really, we should be flourishing with all the knowledge we have. And, exactly. And, you know, it's really backwards. <laughs> it is. We got a Benjamin is. Button is what we got to do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I fantasized about that. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah. But anyway, I don't think it's going to happen. No. Um, uh, and I don't know about, you know, lengthening your life. And then, you know, coming back and uh, they're not going to do it. I, it's been, I guess it's been everybody's dream to, to not ever die. But imagine that if nobody ever died, this world would be a little crowded. full. Yeah, it'd be a little <laughs> full and a little crazy and... They'd have people oh walking around like me who are grouchy and everything because <laughs> it's changed way too much in the past 150 years. Oh, my God. No, it amazes me when I think about how much we've come. <gasps> you know, it wasn't that long ago when we didn't even know 
that airplanes could fly or whatever. We didn't know. It wasn't that long ago, and you think about it. It really wasn't. And when were computers born? I mean, look how far we've come. And something in the Bible said when things accelerate to a ridiculous speed, of course, they use different language, but when things re- really evolve too quick at too quick a pace, that's when it's going to happen. That's when they're saying the, you know, the Armageddon or whatever is going to happen. I mean, if that's true, you know, I don't put a lot of stock in the Bible. <laughs> oh, you know, I mean, Neither where do was I, the, actually. Where were the, yeah, where were the dinosaurs? Where did they fit in? Well, I read you know? something the other day, and it, it's, it, it made more sense to what it is, and it, they showed a map, and they said everything in the Bible happened in this little tiny area. Nothing in the Bible existed outside this little tiny area on the map. And it's oh. just, you think about that, and it's true. It's like there's okay. nothing that happened outside that little tiny mm-hmm. area. So if it was Israel or whatever, this right. tiny that's, area. That's the only area that anything in the Bible happened. There's nothing about anything that happened mm-hmm. anywhere else around the world. Because they didn't know that there was anything exactly else exactly yeah i see okay we can go into this rabbit hole of religious stuff very easily <laughs> no thank you yeah but you know, only if you agree with me <laughs> i can't stand to argue with people about this
I haven't even looked at my notes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been a blast so far. <laughs> Right. This the whole thing is the interview. <laughs> oh, good. I was afraid you're gonna say, "Okay, let's start the interview." You know, I made notes too. You know, I wanted to tell you something. <laughs> I said here. I said, "What's great about this show we're gonna do is that, first of all, Jesus Christ Superstar. I mean, it. You know, we've done some shows where somebody's walked in out of, you know, just out of the blue, just to see what it was about because they never knew about it, and they loved it. At the end of the movie, they were like, "What? I've missed this all these years." You know, and they were happy, and and, and you know they. Had a whole new set of brothers and sisters right there in the audience. Everybody gets close, and it's just a real good feel-good thing, you know? So you're telling people about And I believe that Jesus was alive. I think he was a very good man. And I think that the parables and the stuff that he said, if we all behave like that, this would be a happy world. Well, that I, that I agree with. I agree that all that stuff probably did happen. The stories are true, but they've all been bastardized and twisted. Yes. And, and put... Yeah, to, to make, yeah, to make it fit whatever right, situation came Right, fit up. their own narratives. This is funny because last summer... When during the 50th anniversary of the Jesus Christ Superstar film, Ted Neely was coming around, and I talked to Ted, and uh-huh. I had a, a wonderful conversation with him, and he was a riot. I mean, he was oh, he, fun, he and <laughs> you know, he was so nice. And I went up to New, I I couldn't go to the local show because I had a gig, so I drove up to New Hampshire, and I took uh-huh. my mother with me, and he oh, was so wow. gracious and nice to us, and he invited he, us yeah. up to hang out and stuff, and uh-huh, uh-huh. he was a he, he was such a riot. And seeing that he film, that all the time, yeah, yeah he that all the time. Such yeah, a nice that, guy. That's not an act. Right. He's not an act. He, is loved. he will stay the very to the very last person has their question answered, and and he, he sat in the audience that. with everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'll wait till two or three in the morning talking to the last person. Right, right. He's starving, and you know, and 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 he'll always offer his his hamburger to somebody else for. I mean, you know, he's not acting too. That's that. That's him. That's right. I I was you know, so he acts just like Jesus. But, right. You know. I was so blown away by him because when I you know he was he was humbled that I wanted to talk to him. I was thrilled to talk to him because I saw Jesus Christ Superstar in the theater when it came out. And did you really? I did. I saw it in the theater when it came out. I've seen the musical on stage with him in it several times. I've seen it. Ah. I've seen the musical. I mean, I'm not like a freak where I've seen it like, you know, 150 yeah. times. I've seen it probably <laughs> a dozen times in 50 years. Wow. And I've And I enjoy it. What, I, what love like it? I love did the music. I love the music. Okay, did you see it with other sets and everything? Yeah, and, I've uh, seen it. I've oh. seen it. Let's put it this way. The first time I ever saw it, I was in high school and it was done as more of a choral piece where it was just people singing. Uh-huh. It wasn't acting. Oh, it was okay. people, mostly people singing. And then I saw it after that as the stage show with Ted Neely. Very, uh-huh. I saw it with him and, and Carl. Um, oh, wow. I You're saw lucky. it with him a few times. You're and then I saw it in the various modern incarnations that they did. Mm, mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. you want to know something funny was a friend of mine put together a local show of Jesus Christ Superstar where they had a lot of the local performers in which concert where it was in Uh this crummy little nightclub and they did the rock rock opera version where they just stood in front of the mics and sang and had like a chorus singing. It was so good. And it was. It was just this local group did it and it was just the way they did it was so... I can't even imagine how it was done. It was just so raw and and like. And so, how was the music done? Who played the music? They they had a band on stage. Is that right? It was done like a rock concert. Even Good. like look at all my trials and tribulations. Yes, they, it was all done like, like that. I, I I would love to see something like that. Yeah, you know? I wish they'd do it again. They haven't done it. They did it tw- two wow. years in a row. 
and they haven't done it since. And that was probably ten years ago, but it was amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah, and they yeah. did such well, a good you know, job. Isn't it amazing that this thing has lasted as long as it has? To be a part of I'm lucky. I'm so lucky. I mean, I finally came around and I realized, oh man, this is a good thing. The guys that wrote that, that album that I wanted to be a bad Mary Magdalene, I don't know what I wanted to be, <laughs> but not, but they, they got sued by Tim and Andrew. They sued them because they wrote a song called I Don't Know How to Love Him Blues. Really? And yeah, it was about I don't wanna s I don't wanna I don't wanna sing I don't know how to love him no more. Bad at and bad at it's like a strip song, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to send you that album. It's called Food of Love. Yeah, yeah. So they got sued, and I so I, I went through that where I was like, ah, oh, don't talk to me about Mary Magdalene anymore. But then you know, I was with Eric, and then I, I did Saturday Night Fever. Then I was I was just tired of it all. I just wanted to go to an island because they took my guitar away, they took my jeans away, they put me in red satin pants and you know chain mail and shit. And well, I was like, oh wow, everybody became, was in that so phase. It you was. Know, I didn't want to do it. I yeah. didn't want to be on. I want, and you know, they had that big. Thing were at the football stadium where they took all of the disco records and they smashed them. Yeah, I remember like, that. It was rock versus versus disco. And I, I was, was on the right rock side of it. <laughs> I was right in the middle. It was hard to be there. It's but I like it now. That's the I thing. Do I do too. I like everything now, except for rap. I don't. I can't, can't get behind that so much. I'm not a fan of that stuff. I yeah, never I was. You can't hear the lyrics. Excuse me. A lot of the time they're misogynistic and rude and just vulgar, yeah, just for the sake of being because, vulgar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no reason for that. And a lot of it is just the same to me it's just the same stuff repeated it's true it's true it's, it's very materialistic too and i'm, I'm not really is. materialistic <laughs> i'm not into like the it glitz is. and glamour I, stuff oh so i know getting the gold chains and all yeah. that stuff and, and then getting angry behind it right, and, you know, right. And, and, and the hood ornament shit <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, it's just like-minded people, aren't we? I mean, I remember when I was in high school and they wanted oh. to choose a prom theme and it was up against Freebird and Always <laughs> and Forever and Always <laughs> and Forever won out. Just, oh, really? It was all disco stuff and it was just like, that song oh, is basically wow. forgotten about and Freebird has lived on forever, you oh, know? I can't stand Freebird. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, that was when it came out. I, you know, they should just stick with what they can do. That ballad stuff, I'm sorry. I, I, I never believed it when they sang it, even though apparently it was very, it was meaningful for some reason. But I don't know. Uh, it just didn't, it didn't ring. It didn't. It didn't sound like a real ballad to me, and 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 there are ballads, and there are ballads, you know. I mean, I I, I did a ballad called uh, Moment by Moment. It was uh, beautifully produced, but it was about that movie with John Travolta and Luke Tomlin are in love. I didn't believe that for a second. So. Yeah. <laughs> And in the movie, you know, you, I, and so they had me sing the, I, I sang the title track, you know, and they wanted me to sing it in Guam and the Philippines, wherever I go, places like that, because they love that big ballad stuff. But I don't, I can't, I don't believe the movie. I didn't believe the, the concept. I didn't, uh, I, I just can't imagine singing, seeing those faces and singing that song. So I refuse to do it. And I've been asked to, you know, please do it. We'll give you lots of money and I won't do it. I mean, there's <laughs> well, some things I just well, won't that's, do. You know, that's, you have your, you have your standards. Did you ever do cover music? I do cover music still. I do it now. But only the stuff you love, right? Yeah, I only play songs I like. Oh. I have a hard time playing stuff that I don't like because I just can't get into it. Dad, there you go. Exactly. Now, this is a, another thing I get to do in Rhode Island. I get to sing some cover songs. You're doing a twofer. You're coming in for two nights. You guys are going to do the concert the first night and then the film the second night. But the first night is you and Ted and you're going to yeah. you're going to do a concert, which is yeah. so That's cool. That's what I'm so excited about. That's it, so and, cool. And in that beautiful theater. I hear that theater is be did you Have you ever performed there? Yeah, I've, I've played there a few times. I hear it's absolutely beautiful. Oh, it's it a great. Wonderful. Oh, yeah, it's a great and theater. I, and I get to sing some of my old songs. I mean, I get to sing Can't Find My Way Home. We're doing the, the Pete Townsend song. I can't explain. Oh, cool. Do. 
some of the songs I wrote, Simple Needs. I, I should send you that album. Um, and, and then I get to sing duets with Ted. So, so we get to do things together. I get to bring out my stuff. I don't get to play guitar, which I, you know, it just breaks my heart. It's a drag. Anyway, yeah, but I get to stand there with my cane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna dra- I gotta do something with it. I gotta work out a routine with this cane because, I mean, I got this thing where I got you know I got my my one cane you know Virgil cane is my cane. Yeah. So I got that's my first Virgil is my my main squeeze. He's my main cane. And then I've got Michael Cane. That's my second <laughs> one. Then and then I've got a white a white one named Cocaine. <laughs> Did you sing on that song? There's no backup. He does all the cocaine. Oh. It's all him. But I was there. It was the it was the white album slow hand. Yeah. Did yeah, you I go did on wonderful on, tonight? Wonderful you, you were on that tour, weren't you? Yeah. I think I probably yeah. saw because I did. Were you on the tour with Muddy Waters? I remember him being on some tour. I remember him being there. I met Freddie King. Yeah. I probably I saw you in concert. Blur. I probably you saw think? you. Well, it would either be the, if you, if you did, then it was me and Marcy. I was on one side of the stage and she was on the other. And we sang on two separate mics, you know, which is different because everybody really. But um, after I left the band, which was, broke my heart, I was told to leave the band because I had two songs climbing up the charts. You were you know, told it, to leave the band? Yeah, Robert Stigwood, who and who, he was the man that discovered Cream and discovered the Bee Gees. And so he was the man that told me to to sing Love Me, which is a, which was a number five. And then he was the one that told me, you know, here's Can't Find My, uh, If I Can't Have You or uh, How Deep Is Your Love. Pick which one you want. You know, I heard If I Can't Have You. And the Bee Gees did it very majestically. It was, If I Can't Have You. And it was more, you know, three-part harmony and really big, you know, and I I like that. I thought, oh, I like that. And then, of course, Freddie Perrin came along and changed it to dance, you know, to disco. Not as disco as some of the other disco songs, but it was definitely, you know, up-tempo. And so I did later on, um, I did a blues version myself, which is which just slowed it down. And I sang it like the blues. And I did this thing for, for a show in Hawaii where I came out with my guitar and I, and I played I played this blues thing and I started saying, and people started talking. They're eating dinner and the forks and knives are clacking against each other. And I said, ah, shit. And I said, play the fucking track. So <laughs> <laughs> then they played the, the backtrack I had for if I can't have you in it. Da, 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 da. And I sang it and left. You know, it was like, oh, brother. Because it's a very sad lyric. And it's ready to roll into the grave. But anyway, I was thinking maybe doing that for the show. You know, you know, we'll see. We've got a great band. I mean, the great band. Uh, I, I think he's moved to Rhode Island, in fact. Who is um, it? Deegan. Deegan. Heard of Deegan? No. De- that's his last name, I think. I can't remember his first name. is. But Deegan, he's excellent. He plays guitar and keyboards. He sings. He kind of is a, you know, he can do it all. And the rest of the band, I can't remember their names, but Deegan, I remember. Uh, so I think it's going to be really good. We, we, after, you know, we did it once in Boston. And we're going to we're gonna taper down the, sh- I mean, the songs a little bit. And a little bit of talking in between just to, you know, because people love stories. Oh, yeah. You know, no, I love this. That's what I, that's what I like about this conversation we're having is, is that oh. this is a lot of stuff I didn't know about you, which is kind of cool. We went off we went off track so much that it's <laughs> it's really interesting. It's just you know we went we've covered things Whoa. that I didn't even think we were going to touch. No, I know. <laughs> like I said, I didn't I even go near my notes. I haven't like I have a pad of notes sitting here. I didn't even look at them yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think some of the stuff we were, we talked about is in your notes. I hope so anyway. But um, but that's the thing I'm excited about is bringing some of my songs out and then singing with Ted and then I get to meet the folks of Rhode Island because we get to you know sell our stuff for the merchandise afterwards and and we talk to everybody and we it's the big hugs and it's just 
getting up close with people. And that's what I, I hear Rhode Island people are just wonderful. Well, last year the, the, it sold out. Last year the film version sold out. You mean um, just the screening? Yeah, the screening sold out, which was good. Wow. So I've seen this movie you know, so many times now, more than I saw it when it first came out, you know. But I, I get to see it, and every time I see it, I see something different. Well, you want to you know, know something I, I, which is interesting, which I didn't, I thought... I was going to think, well, I've seen, the, I've seen the movie. I can't even tell you how many times I've seen the movie. Probably 50 times. I've probably watched it once or twice a year. Wow, because why? I, I, like I said, I enjoy the music. I enjoy the I enjoy the, the feel of the movie, too, because it's a, it's an era that I like. I like the yes. way that film was done because it was it was very organic. Uh, yeah. There was no special effects. It was just singing and just people right. and just the landscape and dancing. And it was just, it was a simple time. It was a simple production production and yeah. some of those it can get dangerous too with, with just with just music they had this thing called cop rock which they asked me to, to audition for and i didn't i didn't get the role thank god because i, mean, it was I think i've heard about that yeah it was awful and you know you, you can really get into dangerous territory when you try and do something like that but norman jewison pulled it off but he really did um and broadway was wonderful too the way tom Hardy did it but but i think norman jewison did a wonderful job he did it a very simplistic way but you know um when he used the he used the natural landscapes you know which was so cool except when they got into trouble when they built up the, the coliseum part and then with this fake styrofoam and then the, our poor choreographer he helped build it and he stepped on it and fell and broke his hip you know, 30 feet yeah um but they had to build it up because they they needed a, an area to, to look they want broken down sort of blocks of, of, of concrete or whatever they made there. but they make the coliseum out of back then limestone right. anyway so it was just it was simple and he and he concentrated a lot on the on the music and the and, and the sinking thing you know that murray head who did judas on the record and he's not he's an too he was a good actor he was going to get the role of judas but he couldn't lip sync he didn't practice he thought he was going to just what's it what's the word when they when they ace it or when they wing it, it. When just going to wing it or wing it and then and just just automatically get it shoo fit wait a shoo, <laughs> what's it called a shoo sure. in shoo in shoo in it's sure? i mean it's it's hard to lip sync <laughs> i mean i can't even it's hard for me to even sing to my own songs because sometimes i sing them differently it differently exactly i, I, I phrase i phrase them differently practice. sometimes exactly yeah, and if you sang it the, way the same way the whole time, that would be boring. Exactly. What I was going to say about the film is that as many times as I've seen this, I've only seen it in the theater once, and that was back at the original time. So last summer was the first time I saw it in the theater since oh. the first time, and I've only seen oh. it on TV since then. Oh. And yeah, yeah, when yeah. you see it really? on the screen after you haven't seen it, it's a marvelous piece of film. Absolutely, and they found a, a great one in France. Um, oh, that's right, yes. In France. Right. Yeah, so they've got, they, they got an improved version. Right, right, yes, that's true. The sound is better, the color's better, they found different scenes, the lens widened up. Right, right. And they could see things that hadn't happened before that was right. in the regular theaters. Yeah, like the like the, the shepherds walking across with the, with the sheep at the very end, that kind of stuff. Right. So yeah, so there's stuff, new stuff to see, and I see new stuff all the time now because I have to see this movie, and I don't mind when I'm sitting there, and you know, I'm talking with the people next to me because they paid money, and I tell them what happened in that scene and what was different about it, or you know, I, we giggle and we, you know, so that's why they paid. This money. I feel kind of 
It's silly, isn't it? You know what I mean? I feel kind of like... <laughs> yeah, but that's ridiculous. a treat for people because people like yeah. that stuff. I like that stuff. So I prefer to talk to the older people uh, or my generation and older because yeah, I, you yeah. guys have the stories. You know, you just, as a matter of fact, yeah, Pete Townsend walked in and we decided... I mean, like, who's going <laughs> to say that? I mean, who's gonna, who went on tour with Eric Clapton, you know? I mean, that's the stuff that is interesting to me. I didn't yeah, know yeah. that about Pete Townsend. I, I'm like, I think that's really cool that you did some stuff with Pete Townsend. <laughs> and, you know, I do too. Yeah. Flash on it. I go, whoa. Wow. I mean, I, I really do. Uh, I have an amazing 10 years. 10 years is all I had before I got married and, and I had that husband. But then, you know, what amazing 10 years, right? But I moved back to Hawaii because my parents were getting old and they needed help. I'm the only child and I meet somebody who says, hey, where's your guitar? We play. Why don't, you, why don't you singing, you know? And that was the man who ended up doing, you know, duets with and, and vocalizing. And I he was in my band and still is if we do anything around here. And I married him about six years ago. And, you know, that kind of support and just, why aren't you singing? I needed to hear that. And so I started singing again. Now we're, I, mean, I went to Japan and it starts all over again. If if you've got the desire, nobody should ever kill it, you know? Nobody no, should. it's great that you're still doing it, and you're doing it again after you took a break, because, yeah, I mean, music yeah. is inside of us. It's who we are. And when you, Absolutely. When, you, when you try to squelch that, you kill you kill who you are. It's, Something it, happens inside you. Right. You, yeah, you, a light goes out. It yeah. is. It's so, hard. Anyway, my, yeah, my light's on again, and uh, I'll do it for as long as I can. The only thing that's holding me back is the, is the age. Yeah. And, you know, it, it gets hard to move around, and... and and you can't party the same way anymore. Yeah, I'm taking yeah, ibuprofen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking balance of nature. <laughs> I'd like to think at least I'm getting my greens. You know, I don't need a lot of. I, you know, but I saw Rudy Giuliani. He was doing his podcast thing. He says he takes these bottles, red and green. He says, and he uses them as ornaments for his tree. And he's trying to put it on his tree. And I and I see he turns it around. And I see it says balance of nature on there. And I turn me right off the product a little while. <laughs> Yeah, old age is, is, a, is a bummer. I'm just trying to keep it up as long as I can because it's know. just... Well, you know, I know my mom was 103. She just passed in May. Wow. 103. So wow. me and my husband we were home for two and a half years because she was on a hospice care in a bed. And we took care of her two and a half. The hardest thing I've ever had because she had dementia and she was deaf. She would yell and everything I had to say to her was yelling. When you yell, you automatically start getting mad. Yeah. You know what I mean? The anger goes with the... And I'm a very patient, very patient, very peace-loving person and i laugh a lot and i but it was getting to me and i i would say things i never thought i'd hear myself say she was saying things that i'd never heard her say you know oh i want i can't even tell you i was so confused yeah it's a beautiful little japanese woman you know just very sweet everybody loved her but man she said some stuff blew me away. well you can't hold them to it because they don't even know at that that's point right. that's right Oh boy, my dear! I I enjoyed very much talking. To you. I've got to start my dinner. We've got guests coming over. Oh no, that's so, a problem. It's yeah. been it's this has been a really fun conversation. I, I hope you come to the concert. I would love to meet you. All right. Well, it's it's really been fun. I had a blast talking to you, and I look Me forward too. to meeting nice you. Nice to get to know you. Jeff. Yes, you too. Yeah. All right. Well, enjoy right, your dinner. Okay, All right. On, Thank, Thank you. We really had it all You were 
always there to make me smile Help me when I fall Okey-dokey. Thanks to Yvonne Elliman for being part of this episode of the Roots Report podcast. Elliman will be at the Greenwich Odium on March 30th and 31st when her and co-star from Jesus Christ Superstar Ted Neely perform a live concert on March 30th and a film screening on the 31st. For more, follow the rising sun to GreenwichOdium.com. The Roots Report podcast is presented by Motif Magazine and sponsored by Rhode Island Blood Center, Mother Earth Wellness, Graysale Brewing, Trinity Brewhouse, Ballet RI, and R1 Indoor Karting. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 